y'all. This is Master Daniel Messina from Mortal Kombat. You know me as Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Reptile, Smoke, Noobside Bot. You are listening to Real Pop Culture. Get over here. Episode 108, right? That's that's right. That's the right number. I got it right the first time. And we are 11 days in to our fitness challenge. And uh, I know on the steps, me and you and Sean have been pretty pretty neck and neck. Right now, you got a pretty commanding lead at the moment. I built a lot of tires last night. Yeah, you got like 90,000. I got like, what, 80? And Sean's got like 86? Yeah, something like that. You know, somebody needs to educate me on this because I thought your steps started over like Sunday night at midnight. It's zero. And the, the, count, the big number by your name on the Fitbit is the steps you've stepped that week. But it's actually like a cumulative thing. Yeah. I don't know how long it lasts, but... I guess they, after seven days, maybe the days start dropping off behind you one at a time as you accumulate more days. Because I know if you if you have a bad day or you forget your Fitbit or something, your steps go way down. They take like a beating. But then you can get back up again. It's like they, I don't know, it's like they're averaging it out or something. I have no clue. Somebody, somebody help us out on the, the Fitbit math. But either way, I thought, you know, because I get way more steps in a day than most people would assume that I do, I kind of thought this was going to be kind of somewhat easy for me because I always, I've got mine set to to go off, like, what do you call it? Your Your goal. Your goal steps, I've got mine set to 10,000, and I get that almost every day. Pretty much knock that out of the park pretty quick. So I was like, ah, this, this ought to be pretty easy for me. But then you and Sean started, like... Showing out. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I, I get, see. I, I get see. my gold bob by lunch. Mine's usually a little after, because I work out at lunch. Yeah. So I usually don't hit my max or my goal in the gym, but I, I usually just a little while after that. Like, a, it's it's a good setup. So um, a couple quick announcements before we get to this interview. Um, the internet got broken. 
into several pieces this week with a huge teaser drop for a new Ghostbusters movie. Nobody saw that coming. Uh, Have you yeah. not seen it? I have seen it. That's why I was asking you earlier, like, how are you with yeah, the, I didn't know where you was going with the Ghostbuster fandom? So, yeah, yeah no wonder you uh, it's like, looking what? at me weird. It's like, yeah, we- man, it's... um. Nobody knew. In in a world of spoilers just everywhere, nobody even knew that there was a Ghostbusters 3 in development. This is a direct sequel to Ghostbusters 2. And I've seen some fan stuff out there. When I saw it online, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I watched the teaser. It's legit, man. In the summer of 2020, there's going to be Ghostbusters 3. Oh, man, I hate that you had. I just assumed you had seen the teaser. Now that yeah, I, I had no idea. I usually don't watch trailers and teasers and stuff. I usually yeah. just ignore. Well, it. I just watched it because I thought it was fake. Yeah. I was like, "This ain't real." Uh, I did watch the John Wick three trailer. Oh yeah, I didn't even know there was a trailer out for that. Yeah, I mean John Wick two ain't been out that long, has it? No, yeah, it's been out. Of, it's been out. Of, really? Yeah. Well, yeah, that was one that I I waited till it came to like mm. probably on demand or or DVR or something, whatever you call it. Yeah. But no, it, uh, I'll have to kind of describe the teaser to you. It shows this old barn, and you, you're kind of doing like a, a low-to-the-ground crawl with the camera, sort of like an Evil Dead style, creeping into the barn, and you see this, uh, inside the barn, there's this tarp over a car, and you hear the Ghostbuster music, and the wind's blowing, and it blows up the tarp, and it's Ecto-1. And then it says, Ghostbusters, Summer 2020. Sweet. That's a nice trailer. I don't like yeah. when they give too much away. No, they, it, was, it was, yeah. But the huge question is, of course, Bill Murray has been worse than Ben Affleck is to Batman about whether or not he's going to be involved in another Ghostbusters movie. And then you had uh, Harold Ramis has passed away. So, and you got, like I said, Bill Murray, who really doesn't want to do another one. So it, it begs the question, how are the original cast going to be involved in this project? Well, the IMDb I'm looking at right now. Well, not the IMDb. I, I, they already have a synopsis? Surely not. Hello. No, they don't. Was, I was going to say, it's a bit earlier. I mean, there will be a ton of speculation. Which that's I, what I, was, I was trying to find speculation. I, I'm sure they're going to try to usher in some new faces. Like... Um, also in the teaser, you might have noticed, it sounds like somebody's, you don't see them, but you like see some sparks in here. It sounds like somebody's working on a proton pack, like trying to fix it or something. Trying to get it working. Yeah, yeah. It's making proton pack noises and like welder noises. You'll see what I mean when you watch it, but uh, <clears throat> I wonder if somebody else is trying to start it back up and hopefully they'll... Hopefully the original cast, the, the surviving original cast members, will have something to do with the movie. It would be kind of weird if they didn't, because that wouldn't be much different than the Ghostbusters reboot attempt. Uh, the Untitled Ghostbusters Project 2020 on IMDb has a director, and uh, that is it. It has no cast as of now. Who's the director? Oh, that's right. Uh, I think it's the son of the guy that did the original. Jason Reitman? Yeah, wasn't it Ivan Reitman that did the first one? I better Google that. Yeah. There's a lot of Ghostbusters fans out there. Yeah, it appears that way. 
Yeah. Well, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, I mean, you still got Slimer. <laughs> still got the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. They could do something cool if they didn't try to overthink it. You yeah. know, there was a script going around years ago. I think it was called Ghostbusters Go to Hell. And uh, I don't know if the synopsis leaked or the, the script leaked. But basically, the Ghostbusters went to investigate something. And there was like a portal in this warehouse that took them to hell. They literally went to hell. <laughs> but uh, the rumor is that when Bill Murray got a copy of the script, he threw it in the trash. I don't know how true that is. But he was animate. Like, he didn't even want to do Ghostbusters 2. He was like, Ghostbusters 1 was fine. It was good enough. The franchise just needs to be left alone. But, damn, it was so good. We want more. We can't help it. Right. Just oversaturated. <laughs> we can't, we can't help but want more. Oversaturated. Well, I mean, Jesus, that was in the 80s. I don't know. Let's, I don't think we're eating too much. Nah, let's just fast and furious this shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a franchise that really made a turn, no pun intended. It started out good, then it got really weird and boring, and then it ended... Well, this hasn't ended, but here lately it's gotten good again. With the rock and everybody on there, yeah. have you seen any of the newer ones? No, I'll, no, I'll catch them every now and then. Which I think Ghostbusters Two catches a lot of flack, but it wasn't that bad. I mean the the idea was good. Yeah, it was okay. I just hope they make it. Uh, there was something about the original Ghostbusters that was funny as hell, but it also had a dark element to it. It was also kind of spooky. Yeah. It was, it was a very bizarre blend, a very good blend of comedy and horror that you don't see very often. I'm sure Rotten Tomatoes has already given it a low score. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was the only big announcement that I wanted to talk about and you haven't even as soon as we get done with this I'm going to show you the teaser it's really cool I'll mention our dates again Kill J has three shows coming up so far Meridian March the 1st uh, what did we call what did we say that, that place was called Brick House Brutique. Brick House Brick House Brew, Brick House Brutique, Brutique. Brutique. Yeah. April 13th of course the Railroad Festival and we're going to be as far as in Corinth, July 26th. And just since I see that I've, I've made myself a note of the voicemail line, give us a call and leave a voicemail message at 662-305-9783. Now, this is the moment we've all been waiting for. You know, I'm starting to think this podcast is just be- becoming a way for me to channel my nostalgic teenage years and and relive them in a way I couldn't when I was I didn't have access to really cool things and and people when I was that age but now I can like go back again why not because think about it when I was in high school I was probably like listening to Striper you know we had Michael Sweet on here I had a, a I have Friday the 13th posters all over my wall. We've had Jason on the podcast. Yeah. We've had Leatherface. You know, I was a huge horror fanatic. Um, I was crazy submersed in, in Mortal Kombat. Like, I'm just picturing myself playing Mortal Kombat, listening to Stryker. all the other stuff around like, you. And all this stuff. We've had all these people on the show now. And uh, if you would have gone back in time to, like, 1993, when I figured out Scorpion's Fatality... And was like, oh my god, that's the best thing ever. If you'd have walked up to me and said, hey, when you get old, 
you're going to be like talking to that guy. You're going to have Scorpion's You're going to talk to Scorpion. Scorpion's phone number. And I'll be like, shut your, your butt. He's in your phone. There's no way. Yeah, I've got Scorpion's number in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? <laughs> but not for real. Uh, we did an in- interview with uh, Master Daniel Master Daniel Piscina earlier. He is a super cool dude. Um, of course, again, he played Johnny Cage, Scorpion, Reptile, Sub-Zero, and Noob Sabat. All the ninjas and Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. That's just super cool. Yeah. I've said a lot about Mortal Kombat the last two episodes, so I don't want to beat it to death. But uh, and, uh, One caveat, I will say, the audio quality in this interview isn't... It's not terrible, but it's uh, it's not that great either as to no fault to anybody other than just the, the airwaves between he and I. Um, I didn't have a bad connection. I don't think he did either. It just wasn't coming through very loud, so I had to kind of like mess with the audio. So there's a little bit of static in the background. It's, it's not the, the best, but it, it's a phone interview, and it sounds like a phone interview. Um, I can do Skype interviews, which is what most podcasts do, but I cannot trust my internet long enough to to stand up and hold up throughout a 30-minute interview. It'll drop at least once in 30 minutes. And knowing my luck, it would drop multiple times when I'm trying to interview somebody. So I'm sticking with the old, you know, phone interviews. What'd you think? I was worried listening to it, but after we played it back, I think it's going to be fine. No, No problem. Oh, yeah. By the time I doctor it up, it'll be great. But uh, talking to him was awesome. He's super down to earth. He's all <clears throat> he's all about the Mortal Kombat stuff. And, uh, well, enough talking about it. Let's just listen to it. All right? Yeah. Do you have anything intro-wise other than... That, nothing. That, that, just get to the interview. It was just an awesome interview. Yeah, that's just what we're get, all here for. Just get to it. We didn't get all dressed up for nothing. Yeah. What's that from? I have no idea. Braveheart. It's good, maybe. It's high. It's high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without further ado, here is Master Daniel Piscina. I wanted to take a quick minute to tell everyone where they can find real pop culture online in what we call The List. You just made The List! Thank you, Chris Jericho. You can go to www.realpopculture.com. That's our website. You can listen to episodes right there. You can download the Podomatic app, search for Real Pop Culture. You can download and listen to episodes there. Our Facebook account is facebook.com slash Podcast. Our Twitter is at realpopculture1. We're on Instagram. Search for us there. We're on iTunes, Google Play. You have to go to Google Play Music and then search for Real Pop Culture. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player.fm. All episodes are re-aired on The Edge Radio US, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. You just made the list! You can go to AdvertiseCast.com and find out how you, yes, you, can be a part of Real Pop Culture by way of advertising. You can give us a call on our voicemail line. That's area code 662-305-9783. You just made the list! And last but not least, you can always email us, popcultureforreal, that's the number four real, at gmail.com. Round one. Fight. All right, I have on the line Master Daniel Piscina, a.k.a. Scorpion, a.k.a. Johnny Cage, Sub-Zero Reptile, and Noob Sabot. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for being on the show. How are you doing? 
pretty good, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, with Master in your name, I'm going to say that you are, are heavily submersed in, in the mar martial arts. What what style of martial arts do you typically practice? Actually, I started martial arts in 1969. And I started out with uh, Japanese judo, uh, some karate, and some Japanese jiu-jitsu. Oh, wow. And eventually, yeah, eventually in 1974, uh, I found uh, Chinese martial arts. So I started doing uh, kung fu or wushu. Uh huh. So and uh, until present, so I practice every day. Does your did your extensive knowledge in martial arts kind of lead you on the path to being in Mortal Kombat? Actually, being a geek left led me to being uh, into Mortal Kombat. When uh, I was younger, in the neighborhood, a group of friends got together, and then that group of friends, besides my brother Carlos, who was waiting. Uh, was Rich DeVizio, Kano, uh, John Tobias, uh -huh. the creator of Mortal Kombat. And uh, so when we were younger, we'd go to the movies together, play D&D together, we collected comics, uh, we hung out. So that actually, uh, me knowing John at, at a younger age, so I Mortal Kombat, he kind of contacted me and asked, him, asked me if I can help him on a project to get it makes me so happy to know that essentially Scorpion is a nerd just like me. That you write comic books, D and D. That's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah. Did you know right away uh, that you, that you would play several different characters, or did that kind of develop as y'all were making the game? Well, um, because when we were doing the game, it was really low budget. We were only going to do two hundred arcade cabinets, so there was basically. Uh, John asked me to ask my friends if they wanted to be in it. So that's why, like, basically the, the people who are in one or two are, are basically my friends. So I asked, hey, you want to be in a video game? But, uh, so as we were filming and running out of time, uh, it was just easier since I, I uh, helped create all the moves for all the characters. It was just easier for me to do like uh, jump in and do more characters. Being that that style of, of video game making was so cutting edge and ahead of its time, I can imagine there was a lot of trial and error on, on how to do things and how to how to get it all down, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was uh, John and I spent three or four eight-hour days in a in what we made into a, a shooting room. It was basically a storage storage area and we kind of moved the, uh, some his dad's camera basically into there and started kind of like he was like okay we're going to do every martial art move we could think of so we were doing all these martial art moves and then he'd be like oh that's cool try that again and then you'd be like okay can you try that in different ways and then I'd start doing things in different ways to try to get an idea of uh, of how to create this game and at the end those four days where we just learned a bunch of stuff we never actually used any of that footage for the game so there was a, there was a lot of trial and error then yeah oh wow well when you play the ninjas obviously your face is covered but johnny cage is basically just you how long after the, the game came out did people start recognizing you in the street like hey that that's that guy from the video game uh man it took a while that took a, 
several years, but you know now it's it, it just grew. Right. But at the beginning, because it, you know a lot of people were like never the social there wasn't social media like we knew today, so it wasn't uh, as as easy to find the actors and, uh, the, and the co-creators of the game, you know, and and they're like, oh, I know, you know, recognize them. Yeah. Mortal Kombat 2 is revered by fans as one of the absolute best in the franchise to this day. What are some of the, the major differences on set between 1 and 2? I imagine 2 had a bigger budget, bigger production, and all that. Well, yeah. Well, number 1, uh, there was basically no budget. You know, when we were filming, I, re- I recall one time where I, we were going to film for the game, and John called me up and said, hey, we can't film today. I was like, why not? And he was like, I forgot to ask my dad his permission to use his camera. So we didn't film. We had to wait a couple of days for him to see his father to ask permission. So the budget was really low. Most of the costumes you see are, are personal stuff that we had that we put together for the game. John uh, would take uh, some other things, some uh, accessories, and, and add them to, to our costumes. So it was really super low budget, and naturally, after it made a lot of money, they, they spent more money on the game for number two. Wow, it's crazy to think that it was so low budget, yet it was a game changer, set the standard for a lot of games going forward, and was a huge, huge uh, game-changing franchise. Yeah, yeah, like even today, like I have still own uh, the stash. We used one of my Kung Fu sashes for Scorpion's Mask. And basically, I still have that. And then I also have the uh, black sash that Liz and my brother Carlos used for Raiden. Uh, so that Sonya and Raiden, I have, you know, basically the sash they use still, still, you know, 26 years later. So by the second one, did you have like a costume upgrade? Did you have accessories and things like that that, that changed a lot? No, they were still cheap. On, on okay. Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we basically used the same... Uh, outfit for the ninjas and uh, Johnny Cage uh, came. You know, I, I they were like, "Oh, what do you have for Johnny Cage?" So I just wore some stuff that I got from tournaments to be to be Johnny Cage in number two. But the ninja costume, a lot of people think we we changed the mask, and we we really didn't. Or we tried to, but it didn't work out. So in the end, Don just filmed my face, and we put. He cut out that mask and he placed it on all the images. But it was still the, the same basic sash and number one we used for number two. I know they probably digitally changed the colors, but what was the color of the original costume? Uh, yellow. Okay, yellow. so you started yeah, with yellow. Of, yeah, yeah, we were running out of time and they're like, hey, can you do, um, you know, we're gonna have another, uh, another Lin Kuei funny because it, it was my idea to put the Lin Kuei into the into uh, into MK. I was uh, Don Don originally wanted them to be Japanese ninja. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do this project, they have to be Lin Kuei because I wanted to be more unique. I didn't want to do like we we're trying to make a, a unique video game, not a mainstream video game. So you know, I I, I told Don about the Lin Kuei, you know, I introduced them to the book, and. Uh, so uh, basically, when we were like, okay, we're going to shoot some more uh, ninjas, can you, you know, I shot enough movies for maybe like four four ninjas, four or five ninjas, 
in case they wanted to add characters later on for, for number one. Okay, so basically, even though, like, say, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, they have a few different moves, you kind of did them all at one time and then just let them change and use the ones they wanted? Yeah. Yeah, I kept on making different uh, fighting costumes, different special moves, different techniques. Uh, I tried to get them to kick differently, a little bit differently. Uh-huh. Try to keep a little bit of uniqueness and individuality for each game because each... each uh, each character had uh, a personality, and us as the actors got to put that personality in the game. It wasn't. It wasn't like uh, John had like, "Hey, this guy got this personality." No, he just let us create the personalities while we were filming. Oh, cool! So you had like complete creative freedom. I remember when Mortal Kombat first came out, I went and rented it, and I was like, this is the greatest game ever, because it, it looked so real, like, it even holds up to, to today's standards, and, and again, it set the standard for games um, go, going forward, and we, we were living in kind of a pre-internet, or early internet time, so we couldn't just Google special moves and fatalities, and when everybody found out about Reptile, they just went crazy. And, of course, then that spawned, like, some rumors and urban legends. I remember in high school there was a rumor going around that there was a red ninja as well uh, somewhere hidden in the game. Was that ever a thing, or is that just a myth, an urban legend? No, that was a, that was a myth. You know, yeah, actually, for, like, a secret character, I remember when we were filming uh, Raiden, and Rich and Carl were looping around, and they were like, oh, it'd be cool if we had a secret character uh secret characters where you know you hit the buttons and you had to fight two guys at once so we were thinking of maybe trying to put tag team back back in number one uh but you know because of technology and time constraints we never we never did that also y'all were planning stuff that later found its way into later games that are still coming out today uh yeah yeah i i know uh i haven't seen much of fans over uh, but I know stuff in number nine down. I see it now. I was like, oh, I thought of that. Yeah. Oh, for the first game, I see. I see stuff like, oh, I thought of that for the first game. They're finally using it. Yeah. And the technology is finally caught up to where what y'all were thinking way back then. That's really cool. Yeah. One of Johnny Cage's most iconic moves, even featured in the the, the live action film, is him doing the splits and then the punch. Was that the idea of the game designers, or was that something you had came up with that you were already doing? No, oh, that was John's, John's idea. John wanted to, uh, what happened was, John asked us to pitch the game to Midway. And so we got our ideas together, and we met with uh, one of the guys at Midway, a uh, programmer at Midway, and we pitched the idea of Mortal Kombat. Uh, and uh, they said no. Originally, they said no. We don't like the idea of Mortal Kombat, but it gave that guy an idea to do a video game, a mainstream video game with Van Damme. So when that fell through, uh, Rich bugged uh, Tobias to let's do our original idea of 200 arcade games and kind of uh, do what we were originally going to do. So then, uh, with that, John was uh, one day was goofing around. He's like, "Oh, we should try to make fun of Van Damme for not, you know, not being in the game." And I was like, oh, I, "I really didn't want to poke fun at him," but he's like, "Come on, come on!" 
because, you know, I, I wanted to keep it like our game. I didn't want to, like, pay homage to Silly Sue. Right. Uh, but he was like, oh, it'd be funny. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do the split. So you were familiar, you'd already been doing the splits, like, in your regular practice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's funny. I, I'm, I'm editing, like, I have, like, seven hours of the original footage. And uh, right before you call me, I'm editing different things. And that's one of the things I have, uh, have like, a video. I think it's, like, four or five minutes long, long of me doing different types of flips for that little stuff that has never been seen. So oh, nice. Yeah, hopefully I'll get some of that history out. What is that going to be on, like, YouTube or something? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to try to throw it up on YouTube. Oh, that's really cool. I'd like to see that for sure. Well, I kind of brought up the... The live action films in the in the last question. Uh, what was your take on the Mortal Kombat movies? Were you pleased to to see everything on the big screen like that? Um, actually, I, I I thought that it would be better if they made it like an indie film rather than a Hollywood film instead of a big budget movie. Well, it's not that. It's just um, I thought the fighting at that time. I thought the fighting style should be like more of a Hong Kong movie. Uh-huh. Like what you see today, what people see today, I wanted it to be more like that. But they, when they sold the rights to Hollywood, they just wanted to get a movie out, uh, so they didn't want to make it like, uh, you know, cutting edge or anything like that. So, as far as that, you know, too with the movie, I, I'm friends with all those guys. Oh yeah, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to tournaments and compete, and they used to be there. We hung out together, you know. Basically, you know, follow competitors, so it's pretty funny. I thought it was really cool what they did with Goro because that was right before CGI had really caught on, and Goro was basically like a, a robot puppet, like a, a hybrid thing that they did. Uh, I yeah, thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, animatronic, similar to what we did in uh, Turtles. Oh, that's right, you were in the Turtles film as well. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I just you know just com- just, just compete at a uh, at a tournament called uh, Battle of Atlanta. Got approached that if I wanted to be in uh, some stunts for a movie, my first stunts for a movie, so jumped on board with that with uh, Ho Song and Rich. And uh, yeah, it was it was it was fun times. Right on, that's pretty awesome. Um, you mentioned earlier. Uh you mentioned earlier that you play. Do you still play D and D? You know what? We play. My brother, uh, every once in a while, he has a kid together. Where me, Rich, some of the guys go out there. We we play more of uh, the uh, board games. So we do the D and D light. You know, it's uh, it's more of a. But they have the D and D which is a board game. I forget the name right now. Like uh, Castlevania. It's one of them. Where they have set patterns, you use the spread out tiles, kind of just still play D&D. But oh, yeah. Yeah, that way the game is only an hour or two long as opposed to regular D&D where you play for ages. Oh, yeah, you could go on for months even. <laughs> yeah, yeah, campaigns are, are long. And, you know, now that we're a little older, we, we, we've got other responsibilities. But, we, yeah, we still get together to play some games. What type of character do you like to play? I am a half elf, half human cleric. Oh, I thought you'd say fighter, <laughs> but I guess you've had enough of that. <laughs> yeah. Is there any particular edition of D and D that you prefer? Man, uh, I haven't played uh, the, the 
actual module for a long time. So, like I said, we try to stick to board games. Once in a while, play some video games. Uh, if we can, you know, still, still a geek at heart. Awesome. Speaking of video games, do you remember the first time you actually got to play Mortal Kombat, and what character did you choose? Yeah, I played it when well, when I played Mortal Kombat for the first time. There was only one character, Johnny Cage. So it was Johnny Cage versus Johnny Cage. Oh, okay. For a long time, so that's when I first, when we first played. Uh, most of us first played the game. You know, after we got that going, we were making adjustments uh, for the playability, getting it tested. You know, in house at at uh, Midway. So I stop by and play the game a little. Oh, that's cool. So you were, you were getting to test the game as y'all were making it. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, really cool. Yeah, because none of us knew what we were doing. We wanted to see how it would play. We wanted to see what, you know, what the look was, if it would crash, anything stuff, you know. We've got a, we've got a fan question here that I wanted to ask you. Uh, a fellow podcaster, actually, Kyle Yeager from the Dad Bod Podcast, he, uh, he sent us an email and he says he has a question for the Fatality Master himself. Uh, his question is, <laughs> if you woke up tomorrow and the world had gone completely insane, like 100% chaotic annihilation, if you will, um, which Mortal Kombat character's abilities would you choose to guarantee your survival and why? Man. Yep. It's a tough one. <laughs> so many yeah, good because, ones. Uh, yeah, because all of them, uh, basically all of them would... Uh, with that type of scenario, all the characters would survive. You know, if they're just going through through like an Armageddon type thing. Yeah. You know, you know, Scorpion's uh, dead, so it's hard to kill him. Raiden's a god, hard to kill him. But Zero has a freeze. It's like he's a, you know, one of a unique warrior. You know, Johnny Cage is still a unique warrior. Uh, so it, it, it'd be, man, I'd probably pick some heroes. Well, it almost sounds like you would need to play Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat 2 so you could morph into any of them <laughs> <laughs> at any <Right>? given time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd, I would play, I would pick uh, Sub Zero. Okay, cool. Um, you kind of touched uh, on the. Carl, Sub Zero. Gotcha. Um,. You kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but uh, one of our, our staff, Anthony, he wanted me to ask you, uh, how much creative freedom did you have with your, your move sets and fighting styles? Total. Total. Yeah, we would make a, a, a like I said, we would, they would make adjustments for moves. I would be doing like, okay, we're going to try this move. And then they'd be like, okay, let's try to, uh, you know, we're going to work with that move and try to get it to fit in the game. Uh uh, which is a little different than real life. You know, you have hitboxes, so that way the character reacts to certain, when the, uh, you know, when you go into certain areas, you know, that way when you punch the head, the head would flip back as, as opposed to the body folding. Right. You know, but that, yeah, number one and two, we had total, uh, our moves, well, at least for me, because then later on when the other guys came in, all the other characters, uh, followed my lead so Johnny Cage basically did all the moves that all the air, other characters do already oh so we would know yeah so he is the father of MK so you know when you see other people doing moves Johnny Cage probably already did that 
and two, I got a hand in, in uh, doing the fatalities, you know, making up fatalities. We we all did that. Not so number three, did the company, you know, did somebody outside of the actors try to create fatalities. That was so number three. I can imagine how fun it would be sitting around a table and, and coming up with ideas for fatalities and bouncing ideas off each other and stuff. Is that kind of how it was when you came up with the finish? Nope. nope. It was <laughs> because we kind of stumbled in it. We were just like, oh, we're going to... We originally had like a beatdown move where, where you get to a certain point and you get to beat the crap out of your opponent. And then he would fall to the knees, and then uh, John was like, oh, we got to do a finish him. we got to do a finish, finishing move. And we got to finish him here. And then later on, they put that in game, finish him. But then he'd be like, oh, uh, we got to finish him some way, so think of some way to finish him. And then I was like, oh, it'd be cool if I punched the guy's head off. And then each time, after that was set, each time each character tried to outdo that. You know, Riz was like, oh, I'm going to rip out your heart. Originally, like, Rich wanted to rip your heart out and eat it. <laughs> but Tobias was like, no, we can't do that. It's a little too graphic. Now they're doing worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But originally, yeah, we, we, we just thought of everything on the spot. There was no pre-planned uh, sitting around the table and thinking of fatality. It was just like on the spot. What are you going to do? Oh, okay, we're going to do this. That, all that pre-planning stuff came later on with three when uh, one and two already set the... Uh, Kind of set the standard. Yeah, it set the standard and, and made like a, you know, after three, it was like cookie cutter. We already made all the moves. They would just be like, oh, we are, you know, we're just going to place this move. There's, everything's already done. Right. In some of the later Mortal Kombat uh, games, they started using weapons regularly. Like you could switch between different weapons. If they'd had a choice of weapons like that in Mortal Kombat 1 and 2, what would you think your weapon of choice would have been? Uh, yeah, uh, mine would have been like a, probably a two-handed sword, and I think they're still trying to get the, you know, when I see the game and people using weapons in the game, I think, I don't think they know how to use them. Yeah. It looks like they don't really know how to use the weapons, so it doesn't, uh, they, uh, yeah, they, they need somebody technical probably can do, do a little bit better. Even even today, I saw that. It looks really cool, but whenever they're, one of them are doing a weapon, I'm like, oh, that's, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Do you do, like, nunchucks and stuff like that? Do you think Johnny Cage would use nunchucks? Yeah, I do do nunchucks, but like I said, it just, just depends on what, uh, what character. Like, the Zero, I would give... Uh, there's a weapon called Deer Horn Knives. They're basically... Uh, Looks like a Klingon weapon. You know, blades on both ends. Uh huh. A scorpion. Scorpion has his weapon, the rope dart. I would, I would uh, do uh, more of a combination rope dart. A claw. There's a claw move, which is really similar to the the kunai. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, which really used totally different than a than the uh, rope dart. But right now, they kind of crossed it over to make it a little bit more realistic. Tiny Cage would use uh, a 
Nice. Um, you're obviously in great physical condition. I can tell you do a lot of training and a lot of working out. Me and a few of my friends are doing a fitness challenge right now. Do you have any fitness tips for us to help us through? No, just take it one day at a time and, you know, don't don't worry too much about, uh, you know, if you can only work out for 10, 20 minutes, that's just how it goes. Yeah. You know. Yeah, just, just take it one day at a time, even with your diet, you know, take it meal by meal. Try to be good. Don't plan on being good for all your meals. Just, you know, when you go to eat one meal, try to be, as, as, you know, stay on, on target as much as you can. So one day at a time, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely one day at a time. And if you fall off the horse, just get right back on. I've fallen off the, the horse a few times myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard. Yeah, it is. Well, as we're kind of winding down here, do you have any upcoming appearances or anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, it just depends. In February, I go to uh, Puerto Rico for Epicon. I've got uh, going to Peru, going to Windsor, Canada, a lot of events. I would just say just try to follow me on Facebook, at, uh, Master Pacina on Facebook. On Twitter, it's also Master Pacina. And on Instagram is Master T. Pacina, uh, because I couldn't remember the password for that. So, that I'm going to account. And then, you know, you guys uh, look out for a new YouTube channel called uh, MPTV, Master Pacina TV. I'll be uh, giving tips on martial arts and fitness and also uh, posting behind the scenes footage. You know, for the first one, we'll be. Uh, how I created, uh, you know, we used a, a like staircase to do jumping moves. And I'll explain why we used it and how how I came up with that idea. That's probably the first step. Oh, cool. Put in too because yeah, I'll put in too because it's a little long. First one will be, uh, and I'll try to do it in the order that we shot shot that uh, we created the characters. So naturally, Johnny Cage will be the first one, and then the second look at Kano. And then you'll look at that, uh, Raiden. And then, uh, next episode, I will have uh, Scorpion, Sub Zero, Sonya, and then Luke Great. I can't wait for that YouTube channel to start up. I'll definitely be liking and sharing those videos as they come yeah, out. Thank you. Awesome. Well, man, I certainly thank you for taking some time out to, to talk to us. I know you're real busy doing cons and working on your new YouTube channel and stuff. We'll definitely be looking out for the stuff you got going on in the future. Okay, yeah, thanks for thanks for your time. All right, man, you have a good evening. Yeah, yeah, take it easy. All right, bye-bye. Okay, Those new band shirts look awesome. Where did you get those done? At Anarchy Design. They do screen printing now? Oh yeah, they do professional custom screen printing at a very competitive rate. Well, where can I find them? Look them up on Facebook, facebook.com slash anarchydesign69, or email them at anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. You can check out some of their work on their Facebook page. When you're ready to order, you can send them your idea, or they can design it for you. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com.
flawless victory. <laughs> well done. Dang it. I should have recorded that whole thing just then. That entire exchange. Blew it. This door is going to make noise, but it's not my fault. It's Mark's. It's not as bad as my chair. <laughs> my chair makes uh, noises that sound incriminatingly like other things. <laughs> <laughs> I would blame it on that, too. See? Yeah. That's... That's what I would do. I think I'm going to get the chair out of my study and swap it for this chair. Not because it's quieter, but because it's got armrests as well. Yeah. I, I like armrests. Well, arms like to rest. Yeah. Speaking of rest, or the opposite of, you said you were eating supper before you came. You, right. you said chicken and sweet potato. And sweet potato. That sounds to me like you're sticking with the nice diet portion of our our fitness yeah. challenge. Sounds like a good hearty. Well, I still can't pig out yet, so I mean, yeah, it's because I got. Oh, that's right. You were sick. I got the plague Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you were pretty sick. But yeah, I ate some uh, chicken breast and. Some That's a bodybuilder meal. Sweet potato. Chicken breast and sweet potato. I put a little Irish butter on it. I just bought a new stick of Irish butter today. Laura's going to buy some Irish cheese. They have that at Walmart? It's Kerrygold Irish cheese. Hmm. Same people make the butter. Probably comes from the same cow. They would have one cow in Ireland. People have asked me why I get Irish butter, and it's not just because I'm Irish. Although it doesn't hurt. But the best way to describe Irish butter is that it's butter-flavored butter. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when, when Laura was getting the butter last night, a woman said, is that the kind of butter I'm supposed to get to put in my coffee? And yeah, she yep. said, I put it in mine. absolutely. Wow. <laughs> if you're going to put it in your coffee, that's the butter you want. Since I've been on this fitness challenge, when I make coffee in the morning, she would like totally make fun of me because I get my little blender thing out that I do my protein shakes in, and I do the coffee in the Keurig and then dump the coffee into the mixer. Then I put MCT oil, Irish butter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, all in all, what else? Cinnamon. No, I'm kidding. I what don't get cinnamon. Uh, sometimes I'll put some... <laughs> Never mind. We have been through this. The only <laughs> reason... Oh, let's see the ridicule I have to put the, up with just to get in shape. The only reason I make fun of you about stuff like that... It's because of raspberry vinegar. It's because you make fun of me. Yeah. That's it. Friendship. It's, it's, yeah. I'm glad it was reciprocated. <laughs> it's friendship. If you oh. would not have gave me crap about my ridicule. Like, I'm getting in shape to avoid ridicule. <laughs> yet. And it was funny because... Here, was, I'm being made fun of was, about my, my coffee. was brewing that day, my brother was here. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was like... He was like, Reginald Peter Grace gave him and Mark gave him his argument. And David agrees. Like, yeah, he does say, okay, blah, blah, blah. You know... <laughs> We, we probably to, can't repeat that. We went to Subway. There, we funny. went to Subway. He said, could you get me a, a egg white? What did you order? It was uh, the egg white on flatbread. Could you give me an egg That's white on flatbread? That's a good sandwich. Flatbread? And David said, don't you ever say shit about raspberry vinaigrette. Hey, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> the, that flatbread sandwich with the egg white, and I get a guacamole. It's got <clears> bacon. Bacon. Say the same thing about bacon. Bacon. <laughs> this, this, you two heckling each other about this stuff reminds me of the time like I, I came walking in and you guys were watching some nerd show, and I was just stood there and looked at you, and like Mark was like, Sean's like all like effing nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were we doing? I for, I can't remember what you were. Watching. Maybe we were playing D and D or we we're doing something extremely nerdy, and you walked in, you had this look on your face like. Wait a minute. <laughs> Something nerdy's going on here. 
I haven't quite put my finger on it yet, but I, I just detect nerdness. It's kind of like when Happy, the, and Laura walked, Happy and Laura walked in here one time. We was playing D and D, and she's like, Happy was like, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh, what are y'all doing? He's like, we're playing D and D. That's stupid. Me and Laura are going to catch Pokemon now. Yeah, she's like, and she's like, that's the same thing. I know. She's like D and D for you know soccer moms, moms. Yeah. and kids. Uh, so it's all like perspective. Yeah, everybody's got their nerd thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. like I, I work with some guys; they're gun nerds. My, that seems like yeah. it's a conflict of interest, but they are total nerds about guns. My brother was looking for a geocache on a campus, and uh, this guy was out there, and he's like, "What are you doing?" He was looking for a geocache. He goes, "Yeah, I know a lot of a lot of nerds do that." And he was flying an RC plane. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's like everybody's got their nerd thing. Oh, everybody. Yeah. I think some of these people around here are like nerds about their deer hunting. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like a it's an uber fandom it's, thing. It's whatever it's, it's whatever it, you're into. Yeah. If it gets uh there's some people who's like, I get a gun, I shoot it, I got meat. You know, that's if it's anything more extreme. Just to, like what uh, what was it, Chuck Dixon said, nerd is just taking something to the extreme. Yeah. yeah. Loving something that much to the extreme. I mean, me and all my guitar crap. You're, you're definitely is. a modulation and guitar nerd. Yeah, I can't even. A gear nerd. Like, I redid my board again. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah, and you'll well, probably redo it again because you like that. It's just, yeah, it just never ends. Never satisfied. Do you ever put pictures of your boards on that Pedal Boards of Doom site? Yep. You should. Yep. Because, like, should. I've seen pictures of boards that weren't even as good as yours on there. Yep, I sure do. Especially if I think, like, oh, yeah, I you're, got it. Your board should have its own Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I've got Sean and Anthony here to bring this podcast home. I'm doing a little outro here. And uh, y'all just been basically listening to us kind of bullshit for the last couple minutes. But uh, what I wanted to talk to y'all about is because, you know, I've been geeking out over Mortal Kombat for like a month now. Like it all started when I got Mortal Kombat which is nine for Christmas. And I finally have played it. And then you told me about that thing on YouTube, the history of Mortal Kombat, and I watched that whole thing. It's really awesome. And then that led me to the idea, like, like these these were people yeah. in this game. This wasn't digital. I was like, I wonder who played, like, Scorpion. How cool would it be to get him on the podcast? And then come to find out, not only did he play Scorpion, you know. He played all of them. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so that that's what kind of led us here, and then doing research for this, and then the thing last week. There was an Easter egg in last week's episode, by the way. I don't know if anybody caught it. But, uh, I won't give it away, because it make people have to go back and listen to it. Towards the end of the show, there's a little, a little Mortal Kombat Easter egg there. But uh, when did you, uh, I'll start with you, Sean. When did you first get, like, because like, you have a different perspective, because you're younger than me. I was at there, like, the ground level like when it first came out yeah what was your first experience with mortal kombat because i know you're big into it um <clears throat> was it on did they come out with it for super nintendo mm-hmm. okay. that was the first game was on super nintendo okay so it was one of those on super nintendo because we'd rent it when i go to my grandmother's back when you could rent ga- you know oh, yeah. i think you can rent games again but either way instead of getting a movie i'd rent a game and then it was one of the mortal kombat games and then didn't think nothing of it other than how, like, how awesome it was as opposed to everything else that was out at that time. Um, and then come uh, 2002, when Deadly Alliance came out, 
That was mm. like a whole new ball game. Yeah, that was and a good one. Then after that, it was like, oh, I got to have like every single one of them. And then the one, Deception and Armageddon and all them that followed after that. Yeah, I was going through, and there was a couple of, of course, I'm not, you know, I've said them here a million times, I'm not a huge gamer. I make exceptions for Mortal Kombat. Um, like, I've, I literally entertained the idea of buying a PlayStation 4 just to get Mortal Kombat 10 and 11. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait until, <laughs> like, PlayStation 5 or 6 comes out. <laughs> then I'll buy a PlayStation 4. That's how. I mean, I'm just now getting 9, and I'm totally blown away by it. Yeah. So I'm always a couple years behind. And But uh, um, there were some that I didn't even know, like, had slipped by me. I didn't even know existed. Um, there's been, like, some really, really good ones. There's been a few bad ones. But every time you look at, like, a top 10, or, or not top 10, but, like, they put all the games in order from best to worst in a list. It's funny that Mortal Kombat 2 is always, like, in right the after. top. Yeah, okay. yeah in the wow. top three or five. It was so... It, it, it's like a, a great album, like when an album comes out. Yeah. And you're waiting on that second one to come out. It was so anticipated. Everybody was waiting on that, that Mortal Kombat 2 to come out. Because I, I was an arcade player. I played it in an arcade, Mortal Kombat 1. And that's where I mostly played it. And... uh I remember when they put Mortal Kombat 2 in, it was just, there was a line wrapped around. I know, and there was more than one and the one in the mall. Yes. That when you walk in the main entrance to the left, I mm-hmm. can't remember the name of it, but it was a big arcade. And they had, they had like multiple cabinets, and there was lines. Aladdin's Castle. Was that what it was called? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, you're I think right. That's what it is. I think they changed the name before it closed down, but it started out as Aladdin Castle. Aladdin's Castle, you're right. <clears throat> And then I was super happy when they got cabinets at like Walmart and stuff around here in town. Yeah. And there was a couple pool halls. Whatever happened to pool halls? I don't know if pool's not the thing it was. Um, there, I, w- I would go to pool halls all the time, but I wasn't big into pool. I mean, I played it, but I was never any good at it. But I would play like the pinball machines and the arcade yeah. machines and see what was on the jukebox. We should all just uh, go to Cheap and go to a pool hall. Just go hang out in a pool hall. Lounge. Yeah. Yeah. Still got that one at West Point at Sopranos. Yeah, Sopranos. We played there a few times. Get the dusty old bell out. When I was in West Point, it was that big, huge tall building across from the liquor store. It's that oh, big, wow. That yeah, big, that's a storage. It's like yeah, a, a we storage just on that place now. That place was just like almost a condemned building, and that, that first floor was the pool hall, and there was a wow. shoe shine shop <laughs> next door to it. Go, the Golden Q. That yeah, was, that was a hangout, and uh, now they've redone it. Eighty nine, and that's what you just said. It that's what happened to pool halls. You said the word hangout. People used to hang out. Yeah, now <laughs> they don't. That, yeah. <laughs> now they do not do that. Also, like uh, there's a lot of awesome places. The last time I went to Memphis, where it's like a bunch of like gamer arcades. It's just like your supply and demand thing. Like small oh, yeah. towns and stuff, you don't, you're not going to have that anymore. I think there's a, there's some places, and of course not around here, but like in bigger cities, there's a thing called barcades. Where they oh wow! Basically, make an arcade, a <laughs> bar, but a whole bunch of arcades. Dude, nice. And vice versa. When I was in Denver, um, I, don't know, I guess like four years ago, there's a place called One Up, and it's in the basement. You go down, whereas in, you know it's downtown Denver, but it's called One Up, and you go down there, and it's the walls are lined with the the arcade um like the old school you stand there and play them or whatever Mm -hmm. all the walls all the way around 
and then they sell beer, and the middle part was the bar. Hell yeah. And it's exactly what, like what you were talking about. Well, the, the generation who went to arcades are, are, are drinking now, so. Yeah, it's sad that this generation of kids aren't really going to get to experience that because arcades were awesome. <laughs> now when you look at an arcade, it's like a, in a movie in a, during a flashback sequence or something, <laughs> like Stranger Things or something like that, that's a nostalgic Denver, that 80s thing. Because uh, now you got what, there's cheat, like you used to call it like the, the, the antechamber at Walmart. It's where you always played your video games. <laughs> the vestibule. The vestibule. But, uh, yeah, if I walked out of Walmart and there was an asteroid machine there, I would go put a quarter in there and play it for once in my car. Now. I remember I when games went from a quarter to 50 cents. Yeah. I was like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> now I get half the playing time. So that trick, I don't money. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I mean, I grew up in Smithville, a town of, like, Mm-hmm. Less than a thousand people, and there were two pool halls in Smithville. Decks right. were the Deck Addington owned, which was in walking distance. So I would spend summers there. I knew every song on the jukebox and what number it was. <laughs> wow. Then um, a bicycle ride down the road from there was Chubby's. You remember Chubby's? Oh, yeah. And they would, he would stay up in late. So, like, a lot of people would go to Dick's, like, during the day, like, right after school and stuff. And then, like, that, those in the night, like, in the evening time, you know, we'd go hang out at Chubby's and... He would basically stay open as long as people were shooting pool and stuff. Um, and Amory, man, there were there were pool halls. Every, there was a there was a little arcade in the back of Subway or it's Subway yes, now. Yes, that was that was, was it a, Subway then. It was Subway then. There was a little pool hall, a little uh, arcade in there. Yes, it was. It, yeah, because we would they had an open window to the back. You could order your sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a pool table. Wow. And some games in there. And then there was that big one on Main Street, and then there was another one, small one towards the end of Main Street. I mean, it was like, there were, there were pool halls everywhere. Arcades, whatever you, you want to call them, they're kind of the same thing. How did we get on that? Oh, yeah, we were talking about Mortal Kombat. Because that was Kombat. the way to play it. It's just, it, yeah. There was no electronics <laughs> that you could walk around with. And even when consoles came out, like Super Nintendo was huge, but you still wanted to go to the arcade. Yeah, because it's Like, better, it didn't take the place of it. better quality. It's just that you couldn't take the cabinets home with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, but now the stuff is taking the place of it. Yeah, now the the, the game the at home consoles are are just as good as the the ones in the oh dude you can get a Raspberry Pi which is a computer the size of a credit card mm-hmm. and build a uh, what is called it's called Retro Pi it's like a program you yeah. can download and you can put an emulator from for every system from like uh, ColecoVision or whatever the first one was Commodore all the way up to like PlayStation One and every game of everything in between Jesus. on this one credit card size computer. Oh yeah, I mean they're like thirty-five bucks for the base model. I'll build a cabinet. Yeah. Kind of, kind you know, I want to build. You know, I was talking about redoing my game room, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to put my record player in there and listen to records and stuff and shoot pool. And I want a freaking cabinet in there. Yeah. If you got build me one, I'll do the computer stuff yeah. for it. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> New play, project. Play like every game. Mm-hmm. Or free. You can record it if you want to, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, I even appreciate Mortal Kombat more now after interviewing Master Persina because I had no idea that it started with such humble beginnings. Yeah. You know, like you said, it's like a, a, a game-changing album coming out. It's funny you mention that because as musicians, I equate it to like an indie record label. Like Midway was a small imprint of the game, and it wasn't like a giant, you know, mm-hmm. conglomerate that that releases, you know, just hundreds of games and these huge titles. <clears throat> they were just 
he said something about they were going to do 200 cabinets, which means they were going to put out like 200 games, like in big cities big and cities. stuff like that, and see how it, you know went over. I don't even think they were even thinking, you know, porting them to the home consoles and stuff. Oh yeah, that probably wasn't even on the radar in the beginning. Well, they had to be. And they, they didn't have a budget at all. Like the costumes, like he said, is stuff that they had. Like he, like it's crazy. Yeah, like the sad, the 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 mask that Scorpion had was a uh, what do you say one of one of his Taekwondo sashes or something. Uh, one of his comfort, tied tied over, comfort yeah, sashes. Yeah. Tied over his face. I'm like wow, no budget at all. Yet it changed everything. Like so many games tried to copy it, but they never could pull it off. I remember, no. what was that one game they tried to put finishing moves in? Uh, Killer it? Instinct. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I eh, Killer Instinct. That's Mortal it. Kombat did it first. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be, it would be, like, I don't blame them. It, like, you wouldn't want to do a fighting mo- game and not have finishing moves after Mortal Kombat. Right. Oh, yeah. Because then you're waiting to, like, finish him, and you're like, you just, it's, the match is just over. It's, yeah. It just seems lame. And you see, like, what other fighting games have survived? You know what I mean? Like... Everybody was just like, nah, Mortal Kombat. I'll go, uh, Mortal Kombat. Forget it. Oh, yeah. Because that's just the, it's just the go-to thing. Mortal yeah. Kombat is. I don't know that game Bad Dudes. <laughs> you remember it? You remember Bad Dudes? Yes. And I would play it if it was at Walmart. I would walk out. If I walked out with a buggy full of groceries, you were gonna play bad I would dudes. go play Bad Dudes before, and I'd get home before the chicken went bad. That's what I'd have to do. Shoot, man. And those bosses <laughs> were hard. If yeah. you got beat, you started over. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. I played Streets of Rage on um, Sega Genesis. I want to go to arcade now. That was the only other fighting game I ever played. Let's go play Golden Axe, Mark. Let's go right now. Uh, I remember I found Bad Dudes for regular NES. And it was like all buggy and it would lock up (laughs) and stuff. Like you'd have to pull it out and blow on it and put it back in. Like Some games you just had to play on the cabinets. Oh, yeah. Just like, wasn't the uh, same. What's funny now is like how everyone's <laughs> become so good at making games. Anything I play, you know, back in the day and stuff, like I can see where it's messing up, and I notice where yep. like the, the glitches and all these things. And, and it was like it's like he was saying, like they would, they were the game testers, the people making it. Now you have like a whole oh yes, insane like the third yeah. floor of this office complex or just this endless game testers. Doing different levels and different stuff, and so uh, yeah, there was there's a lot of stuff back then on games that was probably missed. Which the only thing you know we talked about this on the last episode was that thing in Mortal Kombat Two, where you could do the fatality and they would turn like a camo color. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason we thought that was so freaking amazing. I guess it's just because it was something that wasn't supposed to happen and you could make it happen. Like, you figured something out. You were cool. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's what it was. Because you had you had to figure it out. You couldn't Google it. You, that's, oh, and it was hard to do. You, it was you, really you hard to do. You had to figure it out. Like I said, you had to choose Shang Tsung, and it had to get to where it said finish him, and you had to change to Sub-Zero. And you had to freeze him over and over and over. Somehow that bought mm-hmm. you some time. And then you would change back into Shang Tsung, then you had to change to Liu Kang, then do the dragon fatality while they were frozen. Wow. It was hard to do. And you remember those older finishing moves, you had to be standing in the right spot. Like, you couldn't be too far away or too oh, close. Oh, yeah, you had to be in the right spot. Because, yeah. like, you would do the buttons and it would punch them. 
Oh, yeah. He's like, damn oh, it. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. hit him. Yeah. That was my finisher. <laughs> it's always a low kick. <laughs> or something, yeah. yeah. It was just like this weak little... I'm like, oh! <laughs> Come on. <laughs> back down, back, low kick. That's uh, burned into my memory forever. That was uh, Kung Lao's where he takes his hat off and slashes you all the way down. Nice. Was that part two? Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. The only code I got stuck in my head. Kung Lao is the one with the the hat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, select, start. That's Contra. That's 100 men on Contra. (laughs) What, 100 100 was it? I thought it was like 30. It was like 30-something men on Contra. 30 men on Contra. That's on, yeah. And you had to get it. (laughs) Or you wouldn't win in the game. There's, There's like two or three NES games I make sure I have at all times. I don't much anymore, but I used to like hook it up just to make sure I still got it. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure I still got the goods. <laughs> make sure I could run through Mike Tyson's punch out or just punch out. Uh, I like Mike Tyson's punch out. <clears throat> well, it's the same thing with just reskin like with like Mr. Mike Dream. Mike, Mike, yeah. <laughs> they even got the same moves and everything. But uh, then you got uh, Contra and then uh, the original Mario Brothers. You gotta make sure you can run. Like me, me and my friends, like I would get Mario or, or Luigi, and they'd get the other, and we would race to see how fast we could save the princess. What not to see if we could make it? Because we'd already done it so many you times. Just see, to see who is a race. So Super Mario Brothers one is what you want. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the one where you you would jump to like yeah four one and then eight yeah. one and then yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, those are three games I make sure I've always got just in case I need to. Fire them up, blow the dust off. Blow the dust make off. Make sure I still got it. Make sure I still got the moves. Yeah, I like Super Mario Brothers one. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. There's a funny, there's a crazy story behind Super Mario two. I like two. I beat two. Two, two is weird. Dude. It's dark. Well, it's weird because it's a whole, it's a game, it's a whole different game. It wasn't even supposed to be a Mario game. Oh, was it? Um, I may be screwing this up because it's been a long time since I heard the story. But basically, Mario two was too much like Mario 1 and then there was this whole other game these people were making called something else and they just Marioized it oh just put Mario in there just made it Mario like changed the names and that's the second Mario yeah that's why it's so different wow well since we're talking about it it's probably unplanned just throw it out there throw it out there what's your favorite arcade game and I'm going to say a single quarter game so I like Mortal Kombat because it's just like, I can't say Mortal Kombat. You can't say Mortal Kombat. Well, there's there's no doubt. I, if I had all the money back in quarters, I spent on Mortal Kombat one and two alone. By Mortal Kombat three, it was basically I was just playing console at that point. Because I think Mortal Kombat cost fifty cents, so you got to be a. Quarter. I, don't, I don't know. I don't think the first one did. I can't remember. Because so. you remember when you went to Aladdin's castle, you would go to the machine you and you'd put the money in and to give you tokens. Yeah. Because the more money you put in. The more right, like they gave you, get a better deal. Yeah, you got a better deal on the tokens. I can't remember, but yeah, you can't. You say Mortal Kombat, so you have to say something. I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, it has to be in the '80s. Let's put it that way. I don't know. Tell me yours, and let me think for a minute. Oh, you want mine? Well, mine's Donkey Kong. Oh yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Man, I spent a lot of money on Pac-Man and Mrs. Pac-Man too. I didn't really dig Super Pac-Man or Pac-Man Jr. I know. No. Oh, wow. uh, but if uh, Donkey Kong, wackle, 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 like Doug could hear that at night when I'm trying to sleep. Donkey Kong, Miss Pac Man, <laughs> Dig <laughs> Donkey Kong, Miss Pac Man, Dig Dug. Yeah. Didn't do Dig Dug much. Uh, 
I was trying to think of more like. Yeah, you're talking about like old school. old school. Old school. Yeah. yeah, I was I was trying to think of more. Well, I'm older than you. So. I spent a lot of money on Punch Out, and I'm not talking about. Like um, I was trying to tell Sean, way before the Nintendo Punch Out, Mike oh, Tyson's yeah. Punch Out, there was a game called Punch Out, and it wasn't Little Mac, but a lot of the characters were the same. The, uh, the people you're fighting, it was this like translucent green guy, like green guy. Yeah, he was like clear. You could just see the outline of him punching because you had to look through him to see your yeah. opponent. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like Little Mac where he's tiny. He was the same size as them, and it was just called Punch Out. I played it a lot. Spent a lot of money on that. <clears throat> like when my mom would go shopping at Walmart, like I would just stay out in the what did you call it? Antechamber. Antechamber. <laughs> and play <laughs> Punch Out for uh, whew, a long time. That was a big one. And uh, Karate Champ, Street Fighter. I played those a lot. God, you're really tying my hands with this Mortal Kombat thing, <laughs> because I swear, like that was that was definitely a big one. And I played a lot of pinball too. Oh, I like to. Uh, I like that Dracula though. The Bram Stoker's Dracula pinball machine? Uh, the Bram Stoker's Dracula and the uh, one of the, there was a Star Wars one that was really good. I like the Elvira pinball machine for obvious reasons. We did a gig. You remember that gig we yeah. did uh, up above Nashville at this place? We played up like on the second yeah. story and it was yep. a snowstorm that night. They had an Elvira machine there. Yep. I was so excited. It was in Chicago. Yeah. No, 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 that wasn't Chicago. Was it? That wasn't the basement. We played in the basement in Chicago. This is when we played up on the second floor of this place. Oh, it's played up on the second floor. And oh, the okay. band, the band that played after us, wore masks and stuff. And I came and got you. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you were like okay, in the band okay. asleep. I was like, dude, you got to check this band out. Yeah, yeah. That That's place. Right. That was a cool place. We were on like our verdict tour at the time. Kiss had a good pinball. Kiss had a good pinball. They had a few, but the original one, I liked. Back to the Future had a good one. Mm, yeah. yeah, because didn't they, they do the car if you hit a certain yeah. thing? Well, we need to find you an old pinball machine. You can't. But, but you can't be like. <clears throat> the thing I like about pinball is there's no way to be a master at it. It's all luck. I mean, I, it's you can, all luck because be, that gap is the same for everybody. <laughs> you, can <be> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you can like, be skillful at it, I guess. You can be better at it, as, uh, but you can't be like a. You can't be like a Steve Miserak of pinball. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that pinball wizard. I don't, I've never seen <laughs> like you see pool tournaments on ESPN even, but I've never seen the pinball machine oh, no, tournament. I've never seen a pinball machine tournament. But every it's like it's almost everybody has the equal opportunity to be good or bad at it. Yeah. <clears throat> My whole era was just from Sega Genesis and on. That's where I remember. You remember uh, Sega CD? No. <laughs> Sewer Shark. I played the Turtles game, the Ninja Turtles game on the Sega CD. Sega CD, would that be a Saturn? No. It was a box that hooked on top of your uh Yeah, it, your it was Sega. weird looking. It was this hybrid. I gotta Google it. Yeah, <laughs> it was this monstrosity. It was like it wore your Sega like a backpack. Yes. And you had to put you put disc in there. Yeah, you thought you were so cool because you were using CDs. Yeah. Like, these oh, are laser awesome. discs, man. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Even though the games were the same. You just thought they were cooler because they were on a disc. Some of them you couldn't get unless they were Yeah, there. unless they were on that. Yeah. I think I just, well, I didn't have one, but I think I rented one a couple times. Because that was back when you could rent the, you didn't just rent the games, you would rent the console too. Hmm. Yeah. That's wild. 
you know, my early first started like really getting into gaming was like uh, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic. Like that's all my era. I remember Sonic. Sonic the Hedgehog. Road oh, yeah. Rash. Played yeah. the shit out of Road Rash. Sonic was a little too fast for me. I don't have really good reflexes. Uh, it was fast. I played it. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have Sega guy, though. I, didn't, I wouldn't have a big on Sega. Yeah, me neither. I just had a Nintendo and then a Super Nintendo. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> Up until, you know, now I've got a PlayStation 3. The regular PlayStation was cool. I didn't have one of those. I was definitely not into gaming during, like, the big PlayStation boom. I was like, ah, I'll just play guitar. If you got a PS2, I got all the Mortal Kombat games for that, too. Mm, I have a PS2. I forgot about that. Yeah. I got Deadly Alliance, Deception. You know why I have a PS2? Because when the PS3s came out, there was a uh, Black Friday sale, and they had the PlayStation 2s, like a huge oh, combo so, pack, yeah. for, like, really cheap. And I was like, dude. Because there's a lot of games for PlayStation 2. Yep. A lot of games. And they don't work on the three. Nope. Like the PlayStation One would work on the two, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think that's fair. It shouldn't make you have to rebuy all your games. Right. <laughs> I agree. But then they, uh, depending on what, especially like now, you just uh, they were making them for like PS4 and PS3. But then, like a certain after a certain amount of time, they just stop. They stopped the threes, yeah. Or they don't make it at all for. Like well, I think if there's something like a. PS3 game that you want to make for they they work on a PS4, Kara can just go on the uh, the store and just da- buy it and <coughs> download it. That's how she you don't have to have a disc or anything. You just download it to your yeah. A lot of people use that. Was it called Steam? You just buy it on online. Mm-hmm. You can put it on your computer or console or whatever, right? Is that how that works? I don't know. Never used it. I don't play computer games. Well, th- see, this is what I was asking you about this the other day. Why do they even sell the disc anymore? Because when you put the disc in, you got to download like three gigabytes of crap. I have no You're idea. You're da- basically downloading the game. So is the disc just there for a, a piracy? You can either buy it. I mean, from what I can tell with the PS4 stuff now, is that you can either buy the disc or you can buy it off of um, the Yeah, I don't see why they sell the actual plastic box with the disc in it. Because see, when when I was a kid, one thing I can think of is that you some people don't have internet. Yeah, you didn't even need internet to play the games. You oh, just no. needed that freaking little cartridge or the disc. Yep. That was it. Because that's the thing too. Like, because um, uh, like I have internet now where I live, but before I just have to put the disc in and skip all the this other stuff. But isn't there a lot of games you cannot play unless there's you... certain games that only you can only use it with uh, online. I thought though that there's some that if you didn't do the update, you wouldn't. Oh let you yeah, play. yeah, that's true too. You couldn't skip it. Yeah. Oh. But I, I don't play that many games other than Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto and <laughs> yeah, Grand Theft Auto. It's crazy when we started playing like console games. Mortal Kombat. We were excited when Zelda came out because you can actually oh, save. I forgot about Zelda. You can actually save your game. Can you oh, remember yeah. Okay. You had to put a code oh, in on all the other ones. Or you had to wow. pause it and leave it paused. And leave it. Leave it. Yeah. If the power was to blink, oh, you man. were screwed, son. <laughs> but, uh, Especially Mario 2. But when Zelda came Was it Mario 2, I think, that you had to leave it paused all the time? That was Mario uh, That was uh, 3. It was, was it 3? Uh, 3. God, that you couldn't God, save I couldn't it. I imagine. Uh, but when uh, Zelda came out, it had like a 
something, a battery in the thing. I don't know. There was all kind of stuff. The gold <laughs> magic. disc. It was magic. You could like hit save and it just, it, you, know, you could just come back it. and just say love. You know what the thing like that was for you guys, but it is for me, is when you're, you're instead of having to put in the code for health or whatever, now they've made the games to where if you get out of danger, the health will restore. <laughs> Instead of, you know, you, you dying off. Yeah. Oh, that's making it too easy. <laughs> Just give them a trophy. Just I mean, I used it. to play games that if you you have one life, like real life, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't real. If you die, yeah, you die, you're dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you were on the last boss on the final level and you got killed, you're going back to the beginning. Oh, Lord. That's crazy. <laughs> Walk, Kids walk, nowadays would like they would have to like walk away from danger. They would have a panic attack. They'd have to use their stress card. Or what whatever. would they do when asteroids and their ships started moving? <laughs> <laughs> Freak out! You ain't stopping it. You're not gonna get it back in the center. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And I remember I don't know remember which console it was, but they came out with these cartridges you could put in the controller that would save your game to that. Yeah. And you would take it to your friend's house and you could mm-hmm. plug it up and it would have your saved game from your house. That was a Nintendo 64. Was it? I believe so. My first experience with like saving and stuff was the first PlayStation. You had the yeah, memory, memory cards. cards. Everybody yeah. had their own memory card for Gran Turismo. You had your car saved. Oh, yeah, because it was so freaking... You had your car saved. Oh, yeah, you saved. would build your own you car. Your own car, car. I didn't just... play it, but I knew a bunch of people yeah. that did. Yeah, my dad was... My dad would do those 100 laps. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, yeah, dog, it's been two hours. <laughs> wow. It's funny. We were talking about the opposite of this at work today. We were talking about how how small our worlds used to be. And I remember when I was a kid, we went to the flea market. And uh, I can't remember if it was my mom and dad or my grandparents or whatever got me a, a Rambo knife. Like one of those survival knives. Yeah. Dude, I w- that was entertainment for me for two years. Like two years, I was good. That's all I needed. How many trees you cut down with a little saw? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> there were no trees. <laughs> yeah, the little saw, I burned it in half. <laughs> a little cable saw. Yeah, yeah. I learned how to read a compass. I learned how to start a fire. I learned how to sharpen my blade because it had the little sharpener yeah. in the pouch. Like I learned everything from that knife. Let's go camping right now. Uh, your, I'm just taking that knife. Cut your finger off. I mean, I bet you no, I was dull as hell. <laughs> this wasn't like a like a high quality. This yeah. is a, uh, this came from a flea market, <laughs> but it was you know to me it was badass. Oh, and yeah. then you like you get a machete and you're like I've basically got a sword. There's two more years of entertainment. <laughs> I didn't need a bunch of crazy crap. And then when you graduate to like the pellet rifle level, oh yeah, shoot man, I was good in my twenties then. I was uh, <laughs> Kara bought herself. She took some of her Christmas money. She bought her just a little single cot Red Rider BB gun. Well, uh, she left it outside. She left it propped up against the refrigerator. The BB's out there. And she had her target set up. And uh, she went to school, and I was out cleaning the carport up. When I would look, and I said, like, "There's a BB gun." So I picked it up. I heard, "Chick, chick, chick." They had BBs in there. Like, Sounds like a maraca. Chick, chick. So yeah. I, I cocked it and started shooting. Next thing I know. <laughs> I'm sitting there 30 minutes shooting a, it all came a, back a, a to Red you, Rider BB gun. <laughs> oh, wow. Man, those things were terrible with accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> like, you would shoot right at something and it would hit, like, you know, the other tree. <laughs> While we're talking about, like, nostalgia and stuff, like, I often wonder whatever happened with bicycles. Do kids nowadays, do they still buy bicycles? I mean, do they have bicycles? Mm-mm. 
Is it just people that do the, you know, they're, competitive biking? Yeah, 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 it just matters where you are. Like in the I bigger go, cities, do they still ride bikes? When I go to Joe's and stuff, and they got that the neighborhood they live in, kids are outside on their bikes. Everything. Okay. In the neighborhood I live in, Starkville, all the kids from the whole neighborhood hang out and play sports in the street. I remember we would have to get a new bike for Christmas every year because we wore the other one out completely. We didn't get a new one every year, but we like I remember. I remember, I remember my, Frankenstein stuff because yeah. I wouldn't get one for like three years yeah. at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my brother getting tires for his bike. Yeah, you would wear out tires, chains. Yeah, yeah. You had to go get a new one. I would take. I would have to take my bike to Uncle Fred's all the time. Uncle Fred lived across the street. <laughs> he had a uh, air compressor. He would air up my tires for me. He knew how to put the chain back on, and he had like a nice tool kit. He could like make adjustments for me. I was yeah. like, this is awesome. I got my own pit crew here. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've got scars from riding a bike. Oh, yeah. 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 Knees, elbows, teeth. I remember remember being on a gravel road and just, I don't know what happened, but I just slammed into the ground. Mm. Had like, you know, rocks all in my knees and all that stuff. And I remember yelling for help. And then, like, looking around, there's, like... You mean you didn't pull your cell phone out and call somebody? (laughs) Oh, no. This is, like, 90... Right. This is, like, 95, 96. And I just remember, like, like hitting and then just, like, start crying and yelling for help. But then there was, like, nobody around. And then it was just, like, well, I guess I'll just walk it home. See? You became a man right then. You just had to man up. (laughs) Nowadays, you would have to, you know, call a... They probably have a bike wreck hotline. Yeah, I was about to say, they got a hotline. It's like a bike wreck tow truck. It's about 10 years ago, and the kids, we was living out on the river and uh, the waterway, and the the kids had their bikes. And I was sitting there, and I was moving the bikes around. I sat on one of the bikes. And I think, I can't remember who was over there, but somebody said, hey, jump the sliding board on the swing. Oh, yes, yes. we just stupid crap. And, uh, the thing about it, of course, 10 years ago, I was 36. I'm not, you know, but but I started thinking about it. I think I can make it. Oh I god! I can make it. That's like, but I didn't. You didn't make it. But did you oh, I didn't. Shit? I didn't do it. Oh, but you didn't do it. If it had been twenty years ago, oh yeah, I'd still I still have. It. If it had been twenty years ago, I still have a scar. <laughs> oh, even if you knew, even oh, yeah, no way that you were gonna eat shit, you would still do it because your friends would be like, "Oh, come on, you chicken." Yeah, there was a creek behind. You had to know our house. Oh, yeah. There's a creek behind our house in Missouri, and we like there's like four of us would try to jump it, and no one ever made it. <laughs> but everybody tried. But everybody yeah. tried. I remember jumping through hedge bushes. I remember there was this big, uh, huge embankment, this ditch that we would ride down and pop up, like it was, because it was so deep and it was rounded out. Yeah. But the problem is, when you came out the other side, you were popping up into Highway 25, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> like traffic coming both ways. <laughs> so you had to do it when a car wasn't coming. That's hilarious. <laughs> and none of us died. <laughs> we had this big row of hedges behind the side of the house, and I don't remember if we was trying to jump over them or just jump through them, just cause. And uh, just cause. We jump, and then like we jump, and if you hit it just right, you could like squeeze in between the the, the in between them. Uh, but one guy hit it wrong, and he come out. He came out. His bike stayed inside the bushes, and he came out with no clothes. <laughs> stripped his shirt and Whoa. shorts off. His drawers on. It was like. I guess that's why people our age wasn't quite that impressed with Jackass, especially when they were doing those kind of stunts. <laughs> we're like, that was a Tuesday for us, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Jumping into bushes and yeah. shit. If I had a heel and a buggy, we'd all have jumped in there and went down it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's just how you got around. You you had to get on a bike and go to your friend's house. 
And you didn't call people really either. You would just get on your bike and go to their house and see what they were doing. It was like the little kids in Stranger Things. Just like it. Absolutely like it. Even in the rural area that I grew up in, everybody, you know. And then when you rounded the corner of the neighborhood and everybody's bikes was in somebody's yard, you're like, oh, man. There's something going down here. Somebody got a new game or something. Somebody got a new game or somebody's fighting in the backyard. Somebody's fighting. Either way, there's some entertainment <laughs> happening here. And I have the, come to the right place. And the street lights come on, but get your ass home. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about like cell phones and stuff like that, and how we got on, along without them. And my mom had this big bell. It was sort of like it's basically like a cowbell, but not really. But hanging on a nail by the back door, and we would be like way out, you know that huge area that's like uh, what well, goes to the waterway now. But you could hear that bell like echo. Like when she she rang that bell, like the, the clock was ticking, son. You better haul ass <laughs> back to the house. And sometimes she would ring the bell. She would just open the door, ring the bell, hang it back up on the nail. <clears throat> It'd take, you know, whatever, 15, 20 minutes to get back to the house. And then the phone would be off the hook. Cause somebody had called me and they were waiting that long for me to get to answer the phone. <laughs> and everybody, hey, what's up? <laughs> Like, we would never do that now. Yeah. We wouldn't wait that long. It's like, 30 seconds. He can call me back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. We got a nice long little outro yeah, here. You know it. I want to go this, back. This is a whole podcast. Time. Give me a time machine. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's funny because uh, the, the 80s you really had to get about 10 or 20 years away from it to really appreciate it. it. Now everybody loves it. Oh yeah. Because if you think about it in the fifties, there wasn't that much to do. There wasn't a lot going on. I don't think, I mean, it's hard for me to relate to the fifties or sixties or seventies, but everything that people still like to this day was like born in the eighties. Like it all came from that. Right. Like imagine if Dungeons and Dragons had never existed, what the world would like look like today. Would you even have, like, Game of Thrones? I mean, I doubt it. I mean, it's like Dungeons & Dragons on TV. <laughs> right? That makes me yeah. worry. Like, you know, being a teenager in the 50s or 60s or 70s, I guess 70 was the turn for, like, oh, there's more stuff to do. But then the 80s, just blew. Oh, yeah. It was a great time. I just watched that Bumblebee movie. Oh, I've seen it. And I was like, well, because it's, like, it kind of 80s. It's like Stranger Things, you know, 80s. Like, if you put something in the 80s, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> of like five or ten years ago, you couldn't say that because then you'd be like, oh, he's just stuck in the 80s. Yeah, I, but now it's, you're further enough away from it to where you're like, you can really appreciate it. Yeah. It was a good time. Colorful. Everybody had them parachute pants on. Everybody's hair was all poofed up. Everything was rad. It's <laughs> <laughs> a badass movie. Yeah. I guess the 80s is to us what the 90s is to you. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. the 90s weren't bad either. It's the 2000s when we really started screwing up. <laughs> How long are we going to be in that? For a while. Yeah. How's that going to work? With the number system, like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, now you got the 2000s. It's going to be a. I'm, How are you going to segment it? Going to say it's going to be a matter of time before they start referring to it as the decade again. Man, you remember the teens? So they, if they like, they say the '80s. 
It'd be like the 2080s, yeah. like I'm 100 sure years like from now or whatever. Grandchild, great grandchild, we'll, we'll call it the, wow. the 30s or 40s. So, yeah, it won't be the, the 1980s. 30s, yeah. It'll be the 2080s. We're almost out of the teens now, man. Yeah. <laughs> the roaring 20s. <laughs> We're back at the roaring, roaring 20s, 20s again. I'm going to get me a pinstripe suit and some shoulder pads. Yeah. <laughs> I think we just started that. I'm going to say we started that. Did we? Okay. Resetting from the 20s. It's on. And then yeah. 30s. We'll still be alive in the 2030s, won't we? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that far away. No. This is 2018. It's 11 years. 19. Oh. We're supposed to be at Mars by then, right? 2030. Is that what they say? I think so. 2030. It's 10 more years. That's why I've been years. working out. I want to live to see that. <laughs> I'm ready for that Space Force. I'm ready to join that. Elon Musk, man. Oh, All right, we've been on here talking long enough. Yep. Sometimes when we're on these outros, I forget we're doing a podcast. It's cool, though. We're just bullshit. a good conversation. <laughs> yeah. Somehow worked my Uncle Fred into it. That's <laughs> always a win. Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought we'd have talked that long about gaming either. Wow. We've been kind of doing it. This like, is a whole podcast. We're at 40 minutes right yeah. now. I think you can cut some of this out and save it for something else. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe we'll just do this again yeah. and talk about gaming. I didn't think I'd have that much gaming in me. No, I didn't either. Because I haven't. I knew really I played games. But I didn't think we'd have that much. I think we're we're missing uh, awesome podcasts with other people in here about that know more about gaming than we do. Well, look at Sean's folder right there. Oh, that's true too. That's just PS2 and PS3 games. Look at that thing. It's full. There you go. Don't like you that's heavier than my dumbbells. Don't you only play. Uh, <laughs> don't you only play Grand Theft Auto? Uh, they're in here. <laughs> but there's so much more than Grand Theft Auto. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I think that some of these is like when Kyle I was loves that game. when I was a kid. Like you know, like oh he'll like this, he'll like oh, this. Okay. Before I started, like and then we're getting into my stuff here. Oh, okay. It's kind of like Manhunt. Uh, Did you ever play Manhunt? That is definitely something to check out. Then all the Mortal Kombat. Then let me see which ones you got. You got Deception. Yeah, Deception. Alliance. And then um, they tried to change it up with this one, so it ended up sucking. And then they came back with Armageddon, uh, Shalom Monks or whatever. Yeah, you know Mortal uh, Mortal Kombat Armageddon. I've heard people online talking crap about it. I thought that one was no, great. It was awesome. Yeah. And then all one two. Because it had that story mode where you could play the whole game as like one character and learn all the stuff about them. Oh, that's when they switched to. Yeah. Never played Grand Theft Auto ever. Dude, I I see the appeal of it, but yeah, I yeah, see I it. Appeal, get into it. But I never, I never played it. Especially the Grand Theft Auto Five, though. If you're ever gonna get into one, Grand Theft Auto Five is the one to do it. Yeah, there's a game called three Cup. different characters, yeah. three different main characters to choose from, and if you do story mode. Your, the story will like you'll be able to switch it'll switch automatically okay. but at one point you'll be doing a job like robbing the bank and all three of them are there and you can switch to each one of them or they'll tell you to switch to whoever I played Godfather the Godfather had a game that was kind of sandboxy like that I played it it was pretty cool but the game world for Grand Theft Auto 5 is ridiculous it's huge so you kind of collect games for not just playability but nostalgia as well right yep that's what all these are. Like I need. I was looking. At, I was thinking about buying another copy of Shadowgate the other day. I'll never play Shadowgate again, but I'd like to have it because you never know. <laughs> you never know. It's like me with comic books. I've got comic books I will never read, but they're there in case I want. Is that a regular Nintendo? Shadowgate, yeah. 
Yeah. Man, that was a tough game. Very. I think we should, we need to get that emulator and get Sean to play it. I don't think he'd like it. Not because it was tough, but just because it was. It's not his thing. Woo! Talking about this graphics, like that was very primitive. Oh. Like squares. Like <laughs> <laughs> squares. Uh. Like pixels were like the size of like a half inch by a half inch. One of my favorite Nintendo games was Sword of Vermilion. I don't remember that one. We pull up YouTube shots of it. I got Rocksmith. I'll teach you how to play guitar with a real guitar. I've heard about that. I've heard about it. It's pretty cool. Is it? Is it good? It's pretty cool. Don't you have to have something to hook to your guitar though? Yeah, I got the cable. You got like a MIDI controller or something? Oh. No, you just uh, they have a cable that plugs into the game thing, and then the other inch is like a quarter inch jack or uh, thing that you plug into your a real guitar. So just like Guitar Hero, you're playing a real guitar. Okay. And then it'll tell you what you know. If you do beginner, it'll be like, well, play this note, play this note. Which I'm a guitar player, so I want to play every note. So I put it on expert. But they still start you off with like easy songs like Rolling Stones okay, cool. and, and things like that. I see. Uh, you still you got the cable? Yeah. I might borrow it from you. All right. Let me see if Gibberhead wants to borrow it. Yo. Uh, PlayStation. I think I think she got a PlayStation Three. Do you know how to do, like, you see those people with the YouTube channels, they're playing a game, and it's like screen captures what they're doing on the screen as well? Like, like you can recording see what Yeah, it's basically recording. Yeah, that's like, captures. I don't know if PS3 does, but PS4 does that. The reason I say that is because I think one cool thing for our Patreon, that would be cool to go along with this, is like, uh, have a video of us playing Mortal Kombat yeah. with each other. Oh, wow. Yeah. Us playing and then doing a podcast at the same time. Talking about yeah, because yeah. you got the commentary with it. A buddy of mine's son plays Fortnite and gets paid money. Yeah, yep. yeah. There's a lot of people like there'll be people that play these games and like I said, they just talk during it. And you can hear what they're saying. Sometimes they're you can see them in a little window yep. in the corner. Yep. Yeah. And they're doing the game and they'll put advertisements in it and that's they make good money doing that. <laughs> Sitting on yes. Yep. <laughs> And it's like, who's the No idiot? wonder there's so much, so few people have abs. <laughs> we're, we're running a shortage of abs in this country. All right, we need to go. All right. I can't believe it's only 7.30. I feel like we've been sitting here talking for two hours, which we probably will after this is over. No, I got to go. work in the morning. Yeah. But tomorrow's Friday. Woohoo! No, I'm going to put this out tomorrow. Tomorrow's off today. I work all weekend. I think the podcasts do better when I put them out on the weekend, surprisingly. You start setting a day and start putting them out on Fridays. Well, I used to just do it on Wednesdays, but uh, I didn't have an out- this outro. Like, I've had this podcast done since, mm-hmm. you know, a little past the weekend, but like Monday or Tuesday or whatever. But uh, I would think that people would listen to the podcast during the week, like when they're commuting right. or whatever, at work or whatever. I, didn't, I wouldn't think people would sit at home on the weekend and listen <laughs> Listen to real pop culture, but hey, I'm not complaining. Shit to do. At least they're listening to it. Put your headphones in, do the chores around the house. Maybe they're playing a game and listening to it. Maybe. Hey. If you are, tell us about it. All right, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening to Real Pop Culture episode 108. Woo! Yeah. 108? Yeah. We're broadcasting live from high top, the first and only floor of the Kill J headquarters at the Kill J Ranch. Love you, bye. Toodaloo. <laughs> we just watched Anchorman the other day. What was it? It was Stay Classy and what was the one? Go f*** yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you put that in the telephone. Let's go.
But now, what was the one she she kept saying? And he was like, yeah, but stay classy. <laughs> oh, saying? yeah, I forgot, damn. Thanks for tuning in or something like that. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for stopping yeah, by. yeah, but stay classy. <laughs> well, but yeah, but thanks for stopping by. Uh, yeah, but, but stay classy. <laughs> I'm either going to put, like, uh, uh, to close this out, I'm either going to do some more Mortal Kombat stuff, or I might do the, uh, I might do the, theme, the theme song for Bad Dudes. <laughs> 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 so here's, here's your Easter egg. <laughs>